Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns, and enjoy this shit show. After 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties you know crow i was thinking about that i i did something this weekend so now now i feel terrible how about you did you do something this weekend i did something somewhere yeah something wow i i didn't realize that it was such a big deal yeah. Well, it's it's on par with uh, running planes into the World Trade Center, and that's for sure. 3,000 people. Yeah. So yeah. the something we did somewhere yeah. is as much of an atrocity, I guess, as uh, as terrorists running planes into the World Trade Center and killing 3,000 people. And did you now know? We are, me and you are monsters. Did you know? Uh, well, actually, I think that's unbelievable. Oh, wait, I can't say that word. Unbelievable is now hate speech. Uh, yeah. Dan Crenshaw. Let's, uh, let's start the show, shall we? Oh, are we recording this? Yeah. Welcome to the Bread and Circuses podcast. I'm Crow, your rooster. Oh, okay. And uh, we talk about stuff. Yeah. Mostly politics. That sounds good. <laughs> are we done now? Yeah. Okay. No, I uh, Dan Crenshaw, the uh, representative from Texas, tweeted out Ilhan Omar's some people did something and simply replied, unbelievable. Left blew up at him. They're like, oh, this hate speech. You can't say stuff like that. He tweeted one word. He didn't say stupid. Or well, he quoted like her too. Yeah, but you can quote somebody. She said what she said. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody, uh, Dan Crenshaw, he's a Republican from Texas and he's the guy that has the eye patch that was, um, he lost his eye serving in, what was it? Was it Afghanistan or Iraq? I can't, I think it might have been Afghanistan. I think it's Afghanistan. But, uh, Cool guy. Very, very, uh, smart, even keel. Yep. Does, doesn't, doesn't blow a gasket and, uh, has good sense of humor too. Doesn't really get into the emotional yeah. stuff. Uh, a guy on, uh, on Saturday Night Live made fun of him. Pete Davidson. And he actually went on the show and, and kind of, they wrote a little, uh, skit with him and the guy that made fun of him. And it was pretty cool. It was, uh, you could tell the dude that made fun of him had a lot of respect for him. After that, and decided. I, I think he was told to have respect for. Him. I think he might have. I think he might have realized that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was being a dick, and this guy's cool. Maybe <laughs> I, I, I came across that way. I to me still think he was. I th- still think he was told to treat him right. with respect. So, I mean, the guy guy used to date Ariana Grande. How how much respect can he have for anybody? Mm-hmm. So, I think. Uh, well, did you see? I think the the. The other thing that was crazy was the Washington Post, was it? Posted yeah. the picture of the uh, yeah. of the plane striking the building, and it said some people did something underneath it. And AOC comes out and says, uh, well, I can't believe that you're going after a woman of color for this. The only reason you're doing that is because she's a woman of color. I'm like, no, because she said something stupid. And when you say stupid things, you're not immune to criticism because you're a woman or because you're another race or because you're disabled somehow or 
you know, somebody hurts your feels. Yeah. Yeah. What she said was dumb. Well, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Representative Rashida Tlaib have both jumped into the defense of their under fire fellow freshman Democrat, Ilan Omar, saying Thursday her comment in reference to 9-11 has been wildly taken out of context. Uh, she Omar is facing backlash after a speech at a Muslims' right groups event in which she described the September 11th, 2001 terror attacks as some people did something. Well, they're like the three musketards. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they are. Yeah, uh, so you're right. The, no, the New York Post. So uh, yeah. the New York Post, which published dramatic front page Tuesday, Thursday with the infamous photo of New York City's Twin Towers in fire, and the page read, here's your something. 2009 or 77 people dead by terrorism. Um, Talib. Rashida Tlaib, when asked by MSNBC if Omar should have rethought her words, said that she had been taken out of context. (laughs) And then here's the quote. They do that all the time, especially women of color. They take our words out of context because they're afraid because we speak truth. We speak truth to power, Tlaib said. Whenever I hear – there's two things I hear when they say taken out of context. I always say, well, what's the context? That's the the question. Give me the context. The follow-up question we never get. What she's – when you ask her that question, she can't answer it because she doesn't she doesn't know what context means in this context. I guarantee you. Well, the other thing is when people say truth to power, I'm speaking truth to power. I always say, what truth to what power? What what truth are you speaking to what power? White imperialist uh, patriarchy. They can't answer that question. White either. imperialist patriarchy. Really? I just answered it. Mm-hmm. Boom. Mic drop. What does that mean? As a disabled black lesbian, okay, I get to say such things, and you cannot question me. I just because, did. Well, then you're racist. Okay, but I just did. You're ableist. Answer the question. You're a hateful, racist, ableist. I want the truth. I'm not going to expend the emotional um, labor for you. Okay. So there's that. All right. Well, answer the question. You're saying answering a question is work for you? Emotional labor, yes. And I'm not going to expend that for you. You don't deserve it. (laughs) Um, So there's more to this. um, Answer the damn question. So she goes, my sister, Ilan Omar, what she was talking about. they related? Was uplifting people by supporting their civil liberties and civil rights. She has always, always condemned any strategy, especially of a person directly impacted by being a refugee herself. I, that does not make any sense to me. Wait, let me let me quote her here. Let me rephrase this. I, yeah, yeah. That's all she did. She well, well, vomited well, well, up a bunch you of have words. To ex- can you explain this to me? No. She she got halfway through explaining something and her brain went, shit. I'm actually going to repeat this because I do want you to try to, try, try to uh, decipher what she's saying here. My sister, Ilan Omar. So, not sisters. Okay. Would she say that about Nancy Pelosi? Would she say my sister, Nancy Pelosi? Maybe. If she thought it would she's be think, good. She's thinking of it in, a, in terms of Muslim. Okay, well, let's just take that part out. So just okay. say Elon Omar. My, my Muslim sister, Elon Omar, what she was talking about was uplifting people by supporting their civil liberties and civil rights. She has always, always condemned any strategy, especially of a person directly impacted by being a refugee herself. I cannot. Those words don't make any sense. And I'm not. I'm not misquoting. This is a quote. Yeah. So, I, what do you make of that? I like I said, she got halfway through saying something and just went into nonsense mode. No, she had two sound bites that collided. She wanted to get in, um, 
she wanted to get in the first part about uplifting people, okay? And then she had a soundbite about civil liberties, and those two things crashed into each other, and she just went, uh, refugee. That's she all always, she always condemned any strategy, especially of a person directly impacted by being a refugee herself. That, that sentence does not work in any capacity. Okay, I don't want to overwork this, right. but, but read it again, the whole thing. <laughs> Drop the My Sister Ilan Omar thing. What she was talking about was uplifting people by supporting their civil liberties and those civil are, rights. Those two sound bites right there crashed into each other. And then this last sentence. Yeah. She has always, always condemned any strategy, especially of a person directly impacted by being a refugee herself. Yeah. So she started saying she's always, and she screws up and her brain goes, uh, so she repeats the word. And then she goes always, and then she just is on to something else. And ha- and at the end of it, she goes condemned because she's. Re- I know. Yeah, we are. You know, we can't. We're going to go crazy. Trying no, to- that's what happened. I I guarantee you, okay. that's what happened. That's a look inside her brain. Don't Here's do it again. One more uh, quote from her. So Talib added that she was outraged because she believed it would lead to death threats for Omar. So did AOC say that? Uh, and here's the quote. The fact that people are taking those words out of context and endangering the life of Representative Omar is immoral. It's wrong, and it needs to be called out by many colleagues in saying they need to stop. Stop targeting her this way. It's absolutely putting her life in danger. Bitch, please. But, okay, let's just, for a second here, let's say that that's true. That doing this puts her in jeopardy. Let's forget the whole thing that being a public figure can lead to death threats, especially in the political arena. But there's always going to be some nut job who's going to do something like that. But let's just say it does endanger her. Would you say then that it's probably wrong to call someone a Nazi and then endorsing punching Nazis? I would say to be um, consistent, yes, you would have to say that. To not be a hypocrite? Right. To not be a hypocrite and be consistent in your message, you would have to say that. And if you said that to her, she would be like, uh, but they are Nazis. That's what she'd say. Anybody right of center is Nazis. No, anybody you anybody right of her. Anybody supporting Trump is a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, do you want to lead into this? Uh, that kind of leads into yeah. the next story. Yeah. So the, just the hypocrisy from these fucking idiots. It just it drives me crazy. Well, before real quick before we do that, the part that drives me nuts about this is every time that Omar gets busted doing this, she doubles down on stuff. She doesn't back up, and Nancy Pelosi. They ask her about it, and she goes, well, I haven't talked to her, and that's what I do. I talk to people in person. I don't comment on this stuff. All right, well, bitch, talk to her, and let's see what happens when you get back to her. Oh, and also the fact that she said CARE was founded in response to a backlash against Muslims for 9-11 is bullshit, too. She didn't say – she didn't say as a backlash. She said after 9-11. It's implied. Heavily well, implied. Okay, but I want to be consistent. I want to stick sure. with what she said. All right, so um, do you want to do any more quotations from uh, AOC or no about this? We've kind of covered it. No, because it's the same thing. It She's, is the same thing. And she attacked um, Crenshaw. Right. She is a more polished version of Talib. Yeah, that's true. That's all she is. So we were talking, we want to lead into this, this next story about punching Nazis. So there is um, a CBS show that's a spinoff of The Good Wife, I think. And it's called The Good Fight. Um, and they had a promotion for their show and they have a clip in which the main character breaks the fourth wall. So basically he's within the scene, but he's talking directly to the camera. Yeah. And the context of it is there are two, two Republicans 
and two Democrats who go to like a voting air, a voting booth or poll or sorry, a polling place just to sort of check it out and report on it and everything. Yeah. They're, 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 what do you call it? Um, not vote watchers, but yeah, they're, I, I, I'll, the article will say here if you yeah. want me to, do you want Go me ahead. to, okay. This is from, um, one angry It's just a pretty good article. I don't, it just popped up when I looked it up, but so CBS is the good fight encourages real race war antics by promoting unprovoked violence. It's by Billy D is the uh, author of this. On April 12, 2019, CBS posted up a short clip from The Good Fight's April 11, 2019 episode on the show's official Twitter account. The clip contained a character from the show played by Nyambi Nyambi, that's his name, I guess, walking through the street and talking down the idea of violence, but he quickly renounces that viewpoint by bringing up Richard Spencer getting punched in the face, and then he embraces the idea of engaging in unprovoked violence. Um... And here's the clip here. Is it all right to hit a Nazi unprovoked? I was always taught to never throw the first punch, never instigate, defend, but don't attack. But then I saw a video of the white nationalist Richard Spencer being punched in the face during an interview, and I realized Spencer was in a press suit, wearing a tie, being interviewed like his opinion mattered, like he should be considered part of the conversation, like... Neo-Nazism was just one political point of view. And then I realized there's no better way to show some speech is not equal. Some speech requires a more visceral response. It's like Overton's window. That's the term from which ideas are tolerated in public discourse. Well, Overton's window doesn't mean shit unless it comes with some enforcement. So yeah, this is enforcement. It's time to punch a few Nazis. So now they're showing images of, uh, of, of a riot basically taking place where a bunch of so-called quote-unquote Nazis are rioting. And then it keeps uh, flashing to actual images of Richard Spencer, who is a white identitarian, a white nationalist, who, who has never espoused violent views. I, I think the guy's a creep. I don't like Richard Spencer, but he has, absolutely has the right to have those views. Um, and, and he was getting interviewed on the streets at one of these kind of protest rallies, and he was – Giving his views, not the actual real Richard Spencer. Actual Richard Spencer. They they inter, intercut clips of him speaking, but they do have a character who's playing a Richard they do, Spencer. But type in this guy. actual clip right. for the promo for the show, they inter they put clips of Richard Spencer interspersed in the into the violent the fake violence gotcha. that the guy was walking through. He's walking through a, a scene of violence of of rioting of a bunch of white guys um, rioting. Um, supposed, you know, Nazi white nationalist. So Richard Spencer got punched in the face as he was giving an interview, um, kind of sucker punched. He was, he wasn't paying attention. He wasn't looking and the guy just came up and just cold cocked him in the side of the face and people loved it, uh, from the left. They said, yeah, punch a Nazi. This meme kind of started, you know, punch a Nazi. It's okay. Um, first of all, I don't know if Richard Spencer identifies as a Nazi. I don't think he does. I don't think he, I don't. I don't follow the guy because I'm I don't think he identifies as a Nazi, but Dinesh D'Souza interviewed him. Okay. And he was very clear in his interview. He does not like the right, Richard Spencer. Yeah. He does not. He he wants more like socialism. He's, Which the Nazi party was. I know. And I just, I'm tired of having the argument with people about Nazis are on the right. It's just so fucking ridiculous. You have. You but regardless of how repugnant you find his views. His, right. He has a right to talk. But Richard Spencer is is from the left. He doesn't like Ronald Reagan. He thought Reagan got it all wrong. He thinks that uh, 
the government should run a lot of stuff, you know, that we should have sort of a socialist kind of, well, very similar to what Hitler wanted, at least in governmental structure, right? But he wants he wants white people running it because he thinks black people can't do it. But also, I from what I understand, and I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, he's never espoused violence. He thinks this his his white utopia can happen without violence. Yeah, I don't know either I'm, way. I'm pretty sure I've I've heard enough to know that that he thinks this is this is how it's going to happen. He he can do, he, they can do it through mobilizing, through voting, and this you know demographics and all that. He doesn't think it's it's it can, or that he does never promote doing it through violence. He never promotes um, like wiping out Jewish people or anything crazy like Nazi ideology. As far as I can tell, maybe he harbors those feelings. I don't know, but he doesn't espouse them publicly. Right? Yeah, I mean, he may feel that way. Right. I, I don't know if any of that's true. I don't know a lot about his views other than what I heard in the interview with Dinesh D'Souza, where he's very clear. If you read that interview, he's from the left. He's a socialist. Yeah. I've seen a few clips of him, own description. Of, of him giving speeches there. You know, there was a notorious one where he gave a speech after Trump was elected and then uh, people were sig heiling him. You saw he, that, right? Yeah, he did kind of look like he did a Sieg Heil sort of thing. No, he had a, a glass in his hand, and he kind of raised it as like a I, toast. I know, but it did. It uh, did if you've got a glass like in your it. hand and you raise your hand, that's just a toast. But then there was assholes in the crowd that did the actual fucking Hitler Sieg Heil. And people are saying, well, they were. it's basically... Um, um, dog whistling? No, no, not, he wasn't dog... Well, yeah, they're saying he was dog whistling, but they're saying the guys in the crowd were were doing that to evoke a response from the left and I, I don't buy it. I think there was actual Nazis in the crowd that were like really fucking I, loving it. I wouldn't be surprised. Which is fine. Because again, they weren't promoting violence. So Well look, you get you get in this country your right to espouse your views, even if, like the Nazi Party, your views are stupid. Or Communist Party. Yeah. You know? Or, Communism killed or a lot the of people. Socialist Party? Yeah. Or so this guy in this in this clip is saying punch a Nazi and it's okay to punch a Nazi and we need to punch a Nazi. The problem is, what is their definition of a Nazi? Someone who doesn't agree with me, right? Trump supporters to a lot of people are Nazis, right? They're they're it's it's uh, analogous to Nazis. It's it's the same thing. It's it's a synonym for Nazi to be a Trump supporter. Let me ask you this: Someone asked me. I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend, and uh, he's uh, he's a lefty. I mean pretty moderate lefty and I'm a pretty moderate righty. And we were talking about the political spectrum. And I said, you know, Antifa stuff is on the left. Okay. The, you know, absolutely. You get to burn stuff down. Well, but so we got talking about this and he said, yeah, the Nazis are on the right. I'm like, no, they're not. The Nazis are not on the right. And so he didn't agree. He conceded that point. He just said, I'm just not going to argue with you about it. I said, and he said, well, what does the extreme right look like then? And I thought, I I mean, if I do this intellectually, I can't come up with what that would be. Because to be honest, if you really think about it, the extreme right should almost look like Antifa is. Just mobs. You know, there's no government. They're just sowing chaos. I mean, they don't – that's the extreme. I think, you know, the the sort of farther – Farther right, but not the extreme is sort of like just like the left would sort of be socialist. Um, the the non-extreme right would be your your uh, laissez-faire capitalists, you know, just yeah. 
low taxes, leave us alone. Well, Everybody gets uh, all the gun. You there's terms for everything. Uh, libertarian, minarchist, minimal, you know, uh, minimal government, anarchy kind of bullshit, and that they're considered on the right. Yeah, but all those terms are. But they, they can be considered on the left too. Right, but intellectuals, college professors, come up with those words to publish papers. You know. Well, I was watching Tim Pool, and we got it. We can't do an episode lately without bringing up Tim Pool, but. Uh, because he's so prolific on YouTube. <laughs> he does a lot of videos. He's got four channels now. Yeah. Um, and he's got a, sh- uh, a website called Inverse now. That collates Subverse. news. Subverse, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Inverse his, is a different that's one. That's a straight news one. Yeah. So he brought up the fact that he has never seen the type of racism and blatant racism on the right that he's seen from the left, from the Antifa. He said, Careful, Tim. You're going to get red pilled. Yeah. He's seen at protests, he's seen um, white people uh, crowds of white people call black people you know uh nigger uncle tom this that and the other and then cops show up and they call the black cops race traitors and uncle toms and niggers and, and and it's on video it's not just him saying it he's reporting on, and you never see that on the people that you consider hard right you never see that you actually see people of different races ethnicities you know um hispanic and black within that group but if that if, they consider hard right, if a white person says that, they'll say they're from the right. They won't. They won't care what their politics actually are. They'll be like that. Person. Or, or, or the and when Antifa does it, they just sweep it under the rug. They go, you know, no, it's just that's not. It's not what you think it is. You know, what? it's not racism. I I don't know if I've used this analogy before, but um, I think the Republican Party and the Democrat Party are at their core. The way, you know, the way they won't talk about just how they are at their parties are a lot like a men's or women's bathroom at a bar. Okay. If you're a guy at a bar and you walk into a women's bathroom, what's going to happen? Uh, they're going to kind of freak out. There's going to be problems. Yeah. There's plenty of these. Rightly so. There's plenty of these sort of, well, I think the, the country club that the Masters is at is sort of like this. It's sort of in a real traditionally deep south area, real Democrat place. That tries to keep black people out. It definitely keeps women out, which is, I think, it's fine for the guys to want to have their club, whatever. But they were, if you're going to let guys in and not black guys, now now you got a problem, right? So uh, I think if you try to get into a club like that, I think you're going to be resisted at every turn. They're going to want someone to keep them out. Whereas I think if you're a woman and you try and use the men's bathroom at the at the bar of the club, what happens? A woman using the men's bathroom? Yeah, guys are like, come on in. Yeah. You know? And a lot of guys would do the thing where, like, hey, you know, go ahead, use that stall. You know, we'll make sure you don't get messed with. I mean, it's like one of those. And, and there might be a creeper that would probably want to take advantage of that. But the rest of the guys would be like, get the fuck out of here, creeper. Well, I, w- I was dating a woman back um, back in the late 90s, which, yeah, forever ago. We were at the Minnesota State Fair. For those who aren't familiar, which is probably most of you, the Minnesota State Fair Grandstand, where they have their concerts and everything, is it's like built. It was a WPA project or something. So it was built in the twenties. So the bathroom is seriously the guy's bathroom, like two stalls and two urinals for two thousand people. And this gal I was dating goes, "I'm going to try." The line for the women's west restroom is like fifty people long. She goes, "I'm going to try and use the men's room." She walked right to the front of the line. The guys were like, yeah, come on in. Just, yeah. She walked right in and walked right back out well, again. Part of it is the uh, deferential treatment women get for, you know, especially, you know, 
bladder related things. Well, you know why that is? Why? It's because uh, it's because um, Republicans are sexist and they don't see women as equal to them. They're to be mm. taken care of. Okay, you know. Oh, that's a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so how about we just kind of shillery? How about you just think it was kind of funny that a chick wanted to use a guy's restroom and you know, let her go? But um, there is there are reports, especially in in Europe, where they have like the the changing rooms that are um, for swimming pools, and there's changing rooms that are um, you know um, co-ed, and they're saying that the amount of sexual assault that happens that's not related, like it's not people that know the the assaulter, or, or where it's just strangers. It's a lot of it happens at these um, public. Um, um, co co-ed gender uh, restrooms and changing rooms. So uh, well, that's not a good thing either to have that kind of scenario. Who's that one guy? He does all the, he's the guy from Texas. He does all the YouTube videos. Is it Chad Prather from his, uh, he's got the big cowboy hat on. He does like the little three minute videos no on YouTube where he talks about subjects. He's pretty funny. And he says, he talks about, I can't remember what the subject was, but he goes, I got to get going. Cause I'm on the way to target to, uh, to go poop in the women's restroom because because you can't tell me I can't. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, if you see if you're at Target or any other public place and you see a six foot four guy that weighs two hundred and fifty pounds walk into the women's restroom right after a ten year old girl goes in there, you can't say anything about it. And I, I do want to uh, point out I, I don't want to make a joke out of the fact that. You know, uh, women can walk absolutely like at a bar can walk into a men's restroom and won't get harassed if there's a line of men waiting to use a restroom. I mean, some guys will go, hey, hey, hey. And the woman goes, I can't wait. I can't hold it. They're like, all right, go ahead. You know, like, right. But there are instances where it's not safe for a woman to do something like that. Oh, absolutely. Where there's not a group of guys where it's like maybe it's empty and there may be one guy that can walk in there. Don't do that, women, please. You, you, you're just asking for trouble. Just like the woman that accidentally got in the, into the wrong Uber cab that got uh, raped and murdered. You heard about that? Yeah. Um, there's guys that will take advantage, certain certain guys that will take advantage of a situation um, when you're alone or when you're vulnerable. So, yeah, a crowd of guys, you probably don't have to worry about it unless they're, unless they're all Muslims. Then you, you, know, then you have to worry about it. You know because I'm telling you, I, I know you're you're shaking your head or you're rolling your eyes a little bit, but over I, in, No, I'm doing more than that. I'm thinking over in your, over in, over in, over in your, I, I haven't put, talked about this much lately, but over in Europe when they had the uh, New Year's Eve celebrations and all the Muslims got together and basically sexually assaulted a bunch of women. Like hundreds of women over that, there, yeah, because they were in happen. groups. They were yeah, in groups, and they were emboldened by the fact that they were in groups. And there was there was there was uh, safety in numbers because there was just so many of them that they basically got away with it. Um, so I'm saying, well, and it, they had a government that didn't want to prosecute, right? So I'm saying, yeah, there's situations where, like I said, at a bar, a bunch of guys, you know, you're not going to be in trouble, but you got to be aware as a woman that yeah, there is a problem, especially in certain demographics. I'll just leave it at that. You know, we can fix that. We can teach men. To eschew their toxic masculinity and not rape and assault. Are you women. saying all men are hardwired <laughs> to be rapists? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and that that goes um, uh, <coughs> race wide, uh, religion wide. Just there's no difference. Are we going to get into I this? I didn't say that. Did okay, I? <laughs> we'll skip past that right now. That's a, no, that's a subject we don't want. I know get what into. you're going to do. All right, and <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> no, I think. You know this idea that well, you've heard this before. We need to, we need to teach men not to rape. 
what did they ever teach you to do it? Yeah. And I mean, I, I love this whole thing about no, that's that's just how men are, and we have to teach them not to be like men. I mean, the amount of let's say that take all your rape statistics and they say you know only one in ten rapes is reported. We don't know that, but let's say it's one in five. So let's let's quintuple the amount of rapes in the country. That doesn't even come close to the amount of men. Statistically, it's it's not even close. Right. So the idea that all men rape, no, statistically, a very very small percentage of men do. So you're going to say all men do? That would be like if we said pick your ethnic group, pick your sex, pick, you know, whatever, and said that 5% of them did, 5% of them did something. Somewhere. Yeah. So now they, yeah, something. So, you know, so they're all like that. That's dumb. But the idea that you, you just have to, accept it and say, but, but well, it, actually tying that into what Ilan Omar said, um, she, her point was to say that, um, after nine 11, there was more scrutiny on Muslims and they were getting harassed and they were getting, um, their civil liberties tread on because of nine 11. Um, she's got to be careful where she goes with this. Why? Okay. So take a, take a fake hate, uh, report, the Jesse Smollett thing. Right, mm-hmm. two white guys attacked me and beat me up. Okay, but I fought back and but I survived. So some white guy somewhere gets the shit kicked out of him. Okay, you're saying that no, that doesn't happen. That he can report that stuff. That it's not a crime if he made it up because nobody gets hurt. Mm, yeah, but then you're saying because some Muslims did this. Did an actual thing that everyone could see, the world could see. There's a little bit of evidence. That you're painting that. all Muslims with that broad brush of, of no. Their you're all saying now terrorists. that people will retaliate against them, right? You can't, you can't, but say, you can't have it both ways, right? But, you can't say in one case they will, and one case they won't. Yeah, you can't say that because these 19 Muslims, and again, I'm not going to trash all Muslims, but these 19 Muslims blew that building up. Or both those buildings and attacked the, you know, the um, Pentagon. They, yeah, they crashed the one plane in the Pentagon. The other one wound up. It was supposed in to be field. going for the White House. Yep. Wound up in the field in Pennsylvania. So that group of uh, Muslim men did did those things. There are going to be people who take it out on Muslims, but to say that when Jesse Smollett fakes his crime, that no one's going to take it out on white people because that's that's not what they do. You know, well, even let's say bullshit. let's say an attack that actually happened. The the uh, Christchurch shooter in New Zealand was a, a white nationalist by by all accounts, and he did this. But not all white people are are going to go out and go against uh, and, and kill minorities, right? Right. But uh, they're acting like we need to atone for that as a as a race, white people. Yeah, but if. If uh, Muslims go out and do something like this, not all Muslims need to. Yeah, but there's a significant minority that you have to be careful about. Right, but there's a double standard. Well, but also, I think I was tying back into this whole thing about the women going to the men's bathroom. Just because all men aren't hardwired to be rapists, you still have to, as a woman, be careful in your situations. And you have to be cognizant of the fact that there are men that that have that propensity or have that um, desire to rape. 
and and that it's not a, a statistically insignificant number either. Because if it was insignificant, it'd be like getting struck by lightning. You know, who goes out and thinks about, oh, I'm, I'm going to get struck by lightning today, especially when there's no no storm. It happens. It does happen. Statistically, it's insignificant. But you still, so, but this women getting raped is not statistically insignificant, but it doesn't, you can't paint the whole um, uh, gender of men as, as potential rapists. But you have to be cognizant of the fact that in situations you have to be careful because there could be a rapist. <laughs> right. Okay. But you have to be careful with that argument too, because it also becomes hypocrisy, right? Why do women have to be afraid of men? I didn't say they have to be afraid. No, but in that situation, okay. you're saying like those those men you're talking about in particular, that, that sort that, of little- That they could be part of this group. Yeah. The, these This band of men that regardless of race, color, religion, creed, whatever, are just dangerous mm -hmm. because they're rapists. Right. They're-, they're uh, yeah, I had this vet tell me one time, she said the only dog she doesn't she recommends no one get is a Rottweiler. And I said, why? And she goes, because one in 10,000 dogs is wired wrong, and it's best to have one that can't kill you. You know, if you have a bad Rottweiler, hmm. it can kill you. You think that would have been pit bulls? Yeah, but she was saying, you know, pit bulls 40 pounds, a Rottweiler is 150 yeah, pounds. I'm derailing you, sorry. Right. So the point was, let's say there is... One in 10,000 men who's dangerous, right? Why do women have to be afraid of him? Well, I'm personally... Are you, are you afraid of a guy who's a rapist? I'm, I'm, personally, uh, I'm personally not... A f well, yeah, if I went to prison, I'd be well, afraid yeah, of no, getting no, raped. No, no, prison, yeah, because you can get raped by a gang of guys. Well, a big enough guy could fucking do it, too. What the hell? Is it Joe Rogan joke about Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar, Brock could, do Lesnar could do what he wants to me. <laughs> I, and I wouldn't be able to stop it. But, I mean, just your average guy. You're walking down the street. You see just another. No, because guy. physically I can handle myself. Right, but women can too because we're all equal, right? No, no, unless they're unless they have the Second Amendment right and they can carry but, a gun and no, that great equalizer. Now, now you're all all men and women are equal according no. to these right according to these women right. But now they have to be afraid because men are bigger and more powerful and will assault them. What I'm saying is they're doing the whole "I am woman, hear me roar." My my point is their arguments are all hypocrisy. Right. It's all nonsense. It's yeah. it's clown world. It's it's up is down, right is left. Well, they say wrong is right. They say we're all equal. Anything women can or men can do, women can do too. Okay, that's what that's what many of these people, many many of these third wave feminists believe. I mean, I've heard women say uh, in the WNBA, the basketball players should be paid as much as the NBA. That's ridiculous. And they're like, well, they're playing the same sport. They're competing at the same level. No, they're not even close to the same level. I don't think they honestly believe that. They're trying to – they would not bet on their own team against a, a group of men. Okay? But these women are saying we have to teach men not to rape because men will rape women. Right? But they'll – because they're – when it comes down to it, they're actually afraid of them because they're bigger, stronger, faster, and can impose their will on them. Yeah. That's a physiological fact. Right. But in reality, they'll say, I don't believe that. I believe we're all equal. Anything men can do, women can do too. So you're saying something you don't believe. And so this is the same thing. It's just yet another hypocritical argument they make. Boy, we went all over the place on that one, didn't we? Yeah. But I think we can agree Ilhan Omar's an idiot. Yeah. And then this this show, this uh, the good fight, is promoting violence against um, – Righteous violence. Promoting vi violence against people 
and they're just labeling everybody who's right of center as Nazi, which is what's been going on. So it's okay in their viewpoint. It's okay. If you, um, consider yourself, let's say you consider yourself a white nationalist, what the heck, but you're not violent. That's okay. Because you're a Nazi, you can get punched, but, yeah. but what if about, you believe wrong, you can be, what hurt. about like the black Israelites that harass the Covington kids that were spouting about how, you know, whites are, are a subhuman and how, but they weren't specifically saying that they should go out and kill, but should they be punched too? I mean, oh, you mean that smug prick who, uh, who confronted Nathan Phillips and, you know, made him uncomfortable Yeah, and all of his friends who yelled, oh, so racial- he should be punched because he's a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm saying that the kid should be because, you know, the kid and his friends crossed over to Nathan I, I just want to ask these people that run this show and the actor that delivered this monologue to go, um, black Israelites, black nationalists, black Panther Party that all espouse the same thing. It's just a, it's just the other side of the coin as white nationalists. And and a lot of times, if you look at the uh, at the um, um, the rise of hate groups in America, the statistics done by the FBI, I think it was the CDC. I can't remember which one does FBI. this, but they did a pie chart of all the, the fastest rising um, hate groups in America. And guess who are the fastest rising hate groups in America? Black nationalists. They're the biggest part of the pie. That's hate speech. Well, here's the thing. I would want to ask these people if it's okay to punch people like like Richard Spencer because he's a quote unquote Nazi. Is it okay to punch these guys too for no, for their they, rhetoric? They don't have the power. That okay. That's what it comes down to because See, you they've can't... redefined what what uh, racism is. It's 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 uh, bigotry along with power, right? No. What it really comes down to is you have to be white. So the part we didn't talk about in this though is in this show. The Richard Spencer character is in the is in the bathroom in the urinal at the urinal, and the black guy who did the whole speech about you know it's okay to punch Nazis is standing there. Yeah, he's he, one of the poll watcher characters. Yeah, he basically says something along the lines of, you know, it, that he's feeling sort of violent towards the guy, and the guy says, "Well, you know, uh, you, it's probably against your nature to ignore it or something or along those." Yeah, lines. your proclivity is to be violent. Is what yeah. he's getting at. So then the guy hits him. Yeah. Sucker punches him. Proving the guy's point, you know? Yeah. It's like, what are you trying to, what are you trying to say here? Because you just prove the guy's point. I'm not saying I agree with the guy, but in the show, the guy is basically saying, oh, I agree with the guy. And then right as that happens, the Republican guy comes out of the stall and sees it and looks to, looks at the guy on the ground and goes, well, it's too bad you fell and hit your head like that. Yeah. So cooking out basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's weird. It's it's really weird what's going on with uh, with uh, racial identity politics nowadays. It's just there's so much hypocrisy and just craziness. Well, and I really believe Bernie Goldberg in his book Bias had a point about this. He said it's not necessarily that the media sets out to be biased. Biased. It's just that they are, and there's nobody else in the room that disagrees with them. So they do something like this, and they're all thinking, "Yeah, it's good that somebody hit that guy." There, there's not someone who's going, hey, wait a second. Didn't he just prove the point that wouldn't the better thing have been to go? Yeah, I'm not doing it. And look, I would feel good if one of these uh, black Israelites that are talking shit to these Covington kids, it would make me feel good to see them get their ass handed to them. No doubt. Now, would I say that's a, a good thing for society to anybody saying things that you don't like to have their ass kicked? No, it's not good. It would feel good in the moment. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Richard Spencer get his ass kicked, too. I mean, there are plenty of people who disagree with me 
that I wouldn't mind somebody knocking them around a little bit. I'm sure there's many of people who would say the same thing about me. Well, there's people that would love to see um, a, a Trump get his ass kicked. There's lots of people that love to see any political person that they don't agree with get their ass kicked. Well, look at look at that play they had um, in the. I can't remember. It was a Shakespearean play that they said in. Yeah, and they put Trump in the. Yeah, they put Trump Caesar. in there, and people were like, "Oh, it's great." Yeah. And they're like, "That's not cool. Yeah. It wouldn't be cool if it was Obama either." So, well, let's go into a couple. Would you rather's? Okay. All right. Um, all right. Would you rather go on a trip around the world with your best friend or a week long vacation at a resort in Hawaii with your significant other? Hawaii. You know, around the world with your best friend. Yeah, you'd probably end up hating your best friend after that trip around the world with your best friend. What I've realized is that I'm, I'm, uh, I heard once that there's, uh, it's a great quote that says there's two kinds of people in the world. There's adventurers and there's farmers. You know, there's people who go out and see things and there's people who sort of grow where they're planted kind of things. And I think I'm more the latter than the former. I'm more of a farmer. I love to travel and go see stuff, but after a week of it, I'm like, I'm ready to go back home. Well, and then they say go out and trip with somebody just to, 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 you know, you'll basically, if you're um, forced into a situation where you're, in a confined area with them for a long enough time, you'll start to hate them. So, well, I mean, like in here with you, it only takes an hour before I'm like, well, yeah. I hate that guy. I mean, no wonder why we, we keep these, try to keep these under an hour. <laughs> uh, next one. Um, how about you? Yeah, I, I would rather do the Hawaii trip because okay. you know, you can get along with your significant other for the, for an extended period of time with your, with your friend. You just don't know, but aren't they the same person? And I actually know of situations with friends that have done that and gone on trips with friends and basically ruined their friendship over it. So, um, you know, like a long weekend be fine. Yeah. Uh, would you rather serve one year in active combat in the United States Army or volunteer for a year doing missionary work in impoverished countries? Oh, you know my answer on this one. Uh, I know your answer. Yeah. Military. Too old for it now. Otherwise, uh, there was a, a time back when I was right on the edge of being too old for it, where I was seriously considering it. And I'm like, well, then what? I'm a little too old to be on. <laughs> I, I don't know. That one's a toss up for me. I mean, a year of active service. I mean, it depends on which impoverished countries too. Some are better than others. It does. I mean, if, if it ends in Stan, I'm not going. <laughs> right. Yeah. But fuck a Stan. <laughs> Shit, stain a stand. Yeah. Hey, that was mine. You stole that. Um, nah, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, I want to say I would lean towards the second one, but I'd probably lean towards the first one. Okay. That I was mean, easy. You want to say the first one is like more dangerous, but I don't know if that's true. Let's do one more. Would you rather have a chauffeured limo the rest of your life, meaning yes. you can never drive again, or drive the car of your dreams the rest of your life, but only drive that car? No, chauffeured limo. Um, boy, that's, that's a tough one for me. See, for me, for work, sometimes I have to drive like four, five, six hours. I would much, I would much rather ride. I'm decent with driving. So I, I like, I do like a little, I mean, I like ride. It's hard. It's, it's a toss up for me. It really is. Um, I, I, I like the ability of the control of not having to rely on somebody else to get places yeah but think about think about the advantages of having a chauffeur limousine you don't have to worry about getting oil changes or car maintenance but there's also situations where you just look really douchey and pretentious showing up in a limo 
You don't have to show up in a limo. You can be in a town car. All right, getting dropped off by a chauffeur. Well, I suppose you go. Oh, that's my Uber. But still, I, 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 I'm leaning towards driving my dream car and just only being able to drive that car. So, what's your dream car? Hmm. Probably like some, some souped up, uh, armored, like combat buggy <laughs> you know, that can go anywhere. For me, it's like I don't have a dream car. I don't mind driving. I don't love driving. I don't hate driving. And if you're saying I could have that one car, I mean, for me, it's not even close. Yeah, mm. have somebody drive me around for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't mind having that, but I think I'm leaning towards being in control and being able to drive my own vehicle. All right. Well, How about are- this? We get you your dream car and you drive me around in it. <laughs> At your beck and call? No, thanks. Works for both of us. No, thanks. <laughs> Pays well. I'm one minute late and you'd be uh, calling me all kinds of names. No, got them late all the time. So, all right, next topic. All right. Um, the Well, we had uh, Ben on our Facebook page asked us if we were going to talk about the no collusion thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much more there is to talk about. I, I responded and said, you know, we, we sort of did a little bit of that, but Barr came out and said, look, there's no collusion. The document was just – the redacted copy was just released – I, I think we're too late to talk about the fact that there's no collusion and a little too early to talk about all the stuff that was in there. Well, I mean, they did just today as we're, as, as we speak, they did release the, um, the redacted, the redacted copy. copy and there was a press conference. Um, did you watch it? I, I listened to it. Yeah. You had, you have to watch it. Okay. Cause bars up there and there's some guy behind his right shoulder. That's, you know, just there sort of standing there looking around being one of the good troops. And uh, Rosenstein is behind him to the left, and he's just staring unblinkingly, creepily straight forward the entire time, just like this. Hmm. That's weird. He doesn't look around until later. He's just staring. It's like it's on a teleprompter, mm-hmm. and he's trying to read it, but his eyes aren't moving. Right. And Barr's not reading enough teleprompter because he's, re- he's looking yeah. down doing it. But there's well, there's something to be talked about there. I just think that- I, I do. One thing I have to say about that is that nothing will ever be good enough for the Democrats when it comes to Trump. Um, the Russian collusion story was nonsense. They, everybody knew it was. It was bullshit from the get go. But they contorted themselves into whatever redefinition of meaning of words and phrases, which is what they do. And so no matter what you say, what, what comes out, it's not going to be good enough for them. So, uh, you know, the redactions themselves are problem, problematic to them. Um, if you came out with an unredacted thing, they would find a way to spin that or say, see, see, we were right. And you can't have an unredacted copy because the uh, grand jury testimony is yeah. protected by law. But did you, excuse me, just see what Kellyanne Conway did? No. She called Adam Schiff out and she doubled down and said, hey, you said you had evidence. It's not in the report, so where is it? You're withholding evidence here. Nice. You said you it's, you know, irrefutable fact that he he colluded with Russia. You said just wait till the Mueller report comes out. She goes, So it's not here, so you need to give us whatever evidence you have. And let's not forget, this was all predicated on the fact that everybody in the in the deep state thought that uh, Hillary was gonna win. Yeah. And that's why all this happened because they were trying to cover their asses. Yeah. And and it was a misdirection campaign from the get go to misdirect from the fact that they thought Hillary was going to win and that everything that she did criminal, that legitimately criminal things that she should be um, in trouble for and indicted for, um, they they thought you know having her in office is just going to make you know nobody's going to bring this up. But now the Trump got in, now they had to quick scramble 
to try to cover their ass. Well, what's the best way to cover your ass to redirect? And I they, and they started going after Trump to kind of uh, basically to, for the same thing that she could be in trouble with, with the, uh, with the Clinton foundation. I think this dossier existed before Trump was elected. I think it was, I've heard, I think it was maybe even Hannity say that was their ace in the hole. That was, if he gets elected, they've got that. I don't think they seriously considered that he could get elected. Right. Nobody did, really. Yeah. I think they just had well, I shouldn't say as, nobody. There were a few voices. I think they just had this as opposition research, and then when he won, they were like, fuck, we got to do something. So, yeah, we got to get the focus off Hillary right now, because Hillary is a fucking mess. Yeah. And now that he's in charge, he can start doing all kinds of opening, all uh, you know, pressuring all kinds of investigations, and we got we to gotta stymie his ability to do that. Well, what's the best way? really design his ability to do anything on that front is to put him under investigation and him under scrutiny and fuck with everybody around him and make them all scared of, Oh, did I not cross a T or dot and I, I might be next. Well, Devin Nunez is, uh, pushed a bunch of stuff forward to the justice department saying, Hey, you need to look into this now against the, uh, against, against the, the Democrats. Yeah. I mean, and you absolutely should, because it is, a, it is a travesty basically of, of, of what, what happened is just blatant. Yeah. And the deep state is real. And it's, it's, it's gotten, it's, it's out in the light now. And that's a good thing about what's going on here. I, I think there are definitely some people who are very, very smart, very manipulative, very connected in Washington, D.C. I think you would be denying that. But I honestly believe that most politicians aren't that smart. Just what Maxine Waters did with her finance committee stuff the other day. Yeah. <laughs> she brought in all of those, uh, all Bankers. those big banks yeah. and saying, what are you going to do about that? What, what are you going to do to help us with this? Uh, and she was just nasty about it. She goes, what are you guys going to do to help us with the student loan program? Uh, who wants to go first? Mr. So-and-so? And he goes, uh, yeah, we haven't uh, done any student loans since 2009. And it's like the third guy. And she goes, and you? And he goes, yeah, we haven't either. And the third guy goes, we haven't done any since the government took that over. Yeah, this is all a government problem. And she goes. That you're part of. She's like, well, thank you. Well, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, she she was part of that. She should have known better because she was part of the voting process for a lot of this government uh, intervention for student loans and whatnot. So, did you see who's the one cabinet guy who was? Is uh, it Mnuchin? I think that was. Uh, he's like not. Um, oh God, I can't remember who it was. He was being he's being grilled by her on another subject, and and they got to the point where he goes, "Am I free to leave?" She goes, well, you can go anytime you want. You're not forced to be here. And he goes, oh, I think you got to like bang your gavel or something. I never she goes, saw that. She goes, don't tell me how I'm supposed oh, to run this committee. Jesus. He was just totally toying with her. It was Funny. hilarious. Well, I want to get into another local story um, besides Ilhan Omar, who you voted for. And is <laughs> yeah, my representative, Ilhan yeah, Omar. She's your rep- so you support her. She's your representative. No. Yeah. Um, Let's not spread that rumor. <laughs> Are you denying lies? It? Are you denying it? Oh, lies! <laughs> Can you produce your ballot that says you didn't vote for? Uh, no, I cannot. I don't think. Oh, okay. So then you did do it. Mm. Um, this thing at the Mall of America, where mm. this guy threw this kid over, over the railing. He threw this black guy through this white forty feet. Yeah, forty feet. For those of you who've not been to the Mall of America, third floor at the mall is a long freaking yeah, I, way. If up. you lean over the the little partitions, you get vertigo. That's a long way up. And the ver- the partitions really are only about waist high. They're like last partitions. Yeah, on an adult. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So this kid was standing there, and his mom even said, oh, I'm sorry, is he in your way to the guy? He can move. And the guy picked him up and tossed him over the edge. And then ran and then assaulted some guy that tried to stop, some elderly guy that tried to stop him. 
and then got in the transit. The uh, Mall of America has its own transit kind of stop. And he got on and then he, I think he got caught on the transit or on the, the bus line or on the rail line, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. So he's a, he's a black guy through the white kid over and yeah, people talked about it and now it's gone. My question to you is, had that been the other way around, had the white guy thrown the black kid over, what would be going on? We don't know for sure, but my guess is Black Lives Matter would be protesting again. They'd be shutting them all down like they did, you know, what, about four years ago, five years ago? Oh, there'd be, there'd be people in Congress, there'd be representatives uh, talking about passing bills against uh, white supremacy or whatever the nonsense. They'd say it's Trump's fault. Yeah. You know, this is what Trump's done. You know, they would, they would immediately tie it to race. It would be a racial issue immediately. Absolutely. And so what's happening now, um, are, are white people up in arms about all black people are, are monsters and they're just one step away from assaulting, uh, white people. No, we're not saying that we're not doing that. We're not having protests and what, riots. What do you mean? We as white people, but you're my people, you're not white. <laughs> Oh, well, right You're now, self-identifying well, black lives I, I, I'm identifying as a white male right now as we speak. Oh, okay. Because you can, can do that. Yeah. You can just do that. You can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's my part of my privilege. Wow. Um, so the thing is that just the, the utter hypocrisy and, and of of everything that's happening when it comes to the uh, the stoking of, of racial hatred. Um, the stoking of racial hatred is getting has been ever since the uh, Obama um, got elected. Um, it's been basically a downhill um, um, acceleration of of animosity and racial hatred stoking by the Democrats and by the left and by the media. Um, white people are the cause of all the problems in the world. In academia, they do this a lot, too. Um, there's courses about um, white colonization and how you can't be racist unless you're white. Um, wh- white people are the cause of every problem that people of color or brown people, sometimes they say. Um, Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Um, so this has been happening left and right. And then you get an incident like this, and we as white people aren't supposed to go, was this maybe racial? We're not supposed to speculate on that. But here's the thing. I'm going to speculate that the guy was probably mentally deranged, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. On the other hand, that that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that maybe he wasn't had have didn't have racial animosity that's been stoked over the past however many years against white people that made him target a white kid. Well, he said that he went there with the intention to, of killing someone. Right. Supposedly because he's been he's um, been re- rejected in his advances on women. And he's been living in a homeless shelter. He had purportedly thrown something at a woman who rejected um, him paying for something for her a couple of years ago. He also threw things off the balcony. He got a banned from the Mall of America for a year for throwing things off the third floor balcony. Why do you even get to come back? Well, why is he not uh, locked up in a mental institution for the criminally insane? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, maybe it's not racially motivated. Maybe the guy's just a complete nut and it was a crime of opportunity. If it would have been a little um, black kid or... or Asian kid, he would have done the same thing. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that couldn't, couldn't be the case. We're not accusing him of targeting a white kid. I mean, but, that may have been what but he here's did. The thing. I, have been what he did. The, the, they're decrying the speculation that it might've been racially motivated. 
Well, then, motherfucker, decry the speculation when any other fucking incident happens where it's white on black violence. And, and not even take into, a, a, an, into consideration the fact that the FBI statistics show that when it comes to racial um, violence, when it comes to violent crimes committed racially, interracially, that the majority is black on white violence. We can't, we can't bring that up. Uh, or Matt Christensen had a video on this a little while back. I think I even have this pulled up here. He's got um, and, and let me before you go. I'm not saying because of that statistic that all black people are predators looking to kill white people or hurt white people. No. I'm not saying that. So stop it with that bullshit. I'm just saying that the facts don't bear out that whites are out to take out blacks and that there's a problem with white violence on blacks because that is absolutely not true. So Matt showed this. This is the FBI's hate crime statistics on a line graph, right? His point yeah. in his video was that Jerry Nadler. Uh, Representative Nadler was saying that we've seen an escalation in hate crime. Well, over the last, I think, three years, according to this, yes, we have. But it's still below 75% of where this where this graph was. Well, and then break down the, the demographics racially of the hate crimes. You're, you're not getting that either. People just assume the way it's reported that it's just white nationalist Nazis are on the rise and um, terrorizing people of color. Guess what? That's not what's happening. Yeah, so since 2014, it has started to rise. But even at the point today, in 2018, it is below any other part on the graph uh, after 2000. Well, the feds did a 2016 um, study about violence uh, demographics. Or before 2000. And the, the, the majority of, of um, percentage-wise, per capita... So we're talking, if you take 1,000 one race and 1,000 another race, what percentage is going to be of that, of that demographic is going to commit a violent crime? And you look at the, it, look at the, uh, the FBI statistics show that the vast majority of violent crime per capita is committed by black people. Do you know why, though? White racism? Yes. Yeah. So. Because white people are Yeah, exactly. Them. Bullshit. I know. But I'm not saying that... that all black people are violent criminals I'm not even, and are targeting white people. But here's the thing. The stoking of racial resentment in this country right now towards white people is at an all-time high, I believe. Oh, you poor white people. Um, that's my privilege talking, isn't it? <laughs> um, and, and that and that's dangerous. And, and maybe this guy didn't target this kid because he's white. Um, but if it turns out that he did, who are we going to blame for that? Well, but regardless, the, 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 the good fight TV show for saying punch a Nazi, regardless, my point is, had it been the other way. So we're saying we're saying, look, we're giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. We don't know that he targeted a white kid, so we're not going to get all up in arms about that. Right. But if it was the other way around and a black guy or a white guy did to a black kid. It would be because of Trump. Right. And I'm not going to denounce speculation from people saying that this could be racially motivated. I'm not going to say, well, you can't say that. Yeah, who knows? You know what? You, it's it's speculation. That's what it is. And you're, it's okay to speculate as long as you're not saying, we need to go out and we need to do something about this. We, You know what we need to do? We need to go take some black kids and throw them off railings. That's not ever going to happen. Well, White people like, will not be doing that. Just like when that Bernie Sanders supporter, that wacko Bernie Sanders guy, shot up the Republican. Yeah, he went to somebody and said, are those Republicans over there? And they're like, yeah. And then he went and shot them all up because he was a Bernie supporter and he thought that he was doing the right thing. Even Steve Scalise, the guy who got shot. And was at one point in danger of dying. Didn't go, well, this is Bernie's fault. No, yeah. because that's stupid. 
But had it been the other way around, well, the Christchurch shooter we talked about before is a perfect example. He says right in there, you know, Trump's done this, but I don't like Republicans. And it's like, well, Trump's rhetoric caused some guy in in Australia to go to New Zealand and shoot some Muslims. It's ridiculous. And the guy basically was playing the media. Yeah, he absolutely is. But they can't Um, they can't tell. I I guess. Yeah. My point is that um, we we are not as a white guy. I am not calling to um, to uh, go after black people or or view black people as as perpetrators or violent or anything. I'm not saying that as a a whole. Um, What I'm saying is that you can't on the left as a as a cucked white social justice warrior or a BLM supporter or whatever say that white people are out to get black people and, and, and say that and keep saying that and, and not expect a little pushback from white people to go, no, it's not. And by the way, black people are committing more crimes against whites by far the majority than whites are against blacks. Can, can you answer for that? Hate speech. Yeah. So fuck you. Hate speech. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I don't, uh, I'm not even going to say, it. I just keep talking in circles. Cause I, I hate sitting there trying to, you know, defend against being called racist because fuck you. You know who I don't have you know to who compiled those statistics though. The mostly white FBI. The man. Yeah, the man did it. Yeah. So it was all a plot to make him look bad. Well, on that note, um, yeah, if anybody wants us to cover a topic we haven't covered, um, yeah, we'll definitely try to get that. Um, if I mean, if it's too late to, to cover, maybe if it's a lot has been said about it already, we, we might we might bring it up. But we're trying to. You know, we record episodes and like one, a couple episodes a night, and then we put them out. You know, so sometimes the second episode's a little bit behind the times. So, but we try, we try to stay relevant. Yeah. So shoot us some topics. Yeah, ideas. let us know. We'd be happy to. Talk Especially about something it. that's not like in the mainstream media. Something that you know that isn't blasted out there every day. It'd be kind of cool. Uh, like whether or not this guy should be subject to the death penalty. Yeah. Go to our Facebook page, uh, Bread and Circus Podcast, and uh, follow and like. Or contact us through email. It's rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com or crow at bread and circuses podcast.com. And the Facebook page is bread and circuses podcast. See you. Bye.